Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee was captured by the Lord Jesus as a young man of 19 in his native land of China. He consecrated his life to preach the gospel and later labored side by side with Watchman Nee for parts of three decades before bringing the ministry to the West in 1962. The Life Study of the Bible is a significant contribution to the heritage of Bible exposition, and we're delighted to be able to bring short portions of this spoken ministry to you from the Life Study of Philippians on today's broadcast. Before we join today's program, we'd like to offer you our free monthly newsletter, The Hearing of Faith. To receive your free copy, just call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That number again is 1-888-543-3788. Now, let's join today's life study. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 12, the Apostle Paul said that he had learned the secret. More specifically, he said, In all things I have learned the secret both to be filled and to hunger, both to abound and to lack. This secret, from Paul's own experience, is the secret of sufficiency or satisfaction. And seeing as how he wrote this word while imprisoned in Rome, it carries even more weight. Bob Danker has joined us as we explore a marvelous portion in the book of Philippians. Brother Bob, welcome back. It's good to be back, Chris. And this is indeed a marvelous portion in Philippians, showing that Christ is our secret to enable us to be content in every circumstance that God places us in in his sovereignty. Let's talk about that for just a moment before we join Witness Lee today. Our sections of Witness Lee are quite short, so we have a little extra time, Bob. As we mentioned here in the opening, Paul is not writing from a doctrinal point of view, and we may study the book of Philippians or other books in the Bible and have a kind of knowledge, but really have we tapped into this secret of experiencing Christ as his sufficiency? It puts it in a little different light, doesn't it? Yes. In the book of Philippians, in the very beginning of this book, we can see that Paul was in a very special circumstance. He was a prisoner in a Roman prison. He wrote this book from prison. And, uh, of course, the situation of a prisoner is not a positive one. In fact, it's quite negative. And there, Paul was subjected to a lot of physical sufferings. Probably from day to day, he didn't know uh, how his material needs were going to be met. Who would take care of him uh, while he was there in that prison? Well, he was of course, trusting in the Lord for everything. But on the practical side, he had to depend not only on the Lord, but on the brothers and sisters in the churches that he had raised up. Hmm. And as we read through this book, especially in chapter 4, we can find out that sometimes the churches who had supplied Paul's material need in the past, they forgot about him. And they, uh, at that time, then Paul became very much in want. He was lacking the basic things, uh, the necessities of life. And uh, that surely causes anxiety. Right. But in uh, chapter 4, which we're going to talk about now, we can see that Paul had learned the secret 
of how to be content in whatever circumstance he was in, whether he had an abundance or whether he was lacking, he had learned the secret. And this secret is not, as you said, a doctrinal matter. It is very experiential, and we need to learn this secret and apply this secret as Paul did. I think we would just say as a preface, uh, the secret that Paul learned here was not just to trust God for his supply and his providing all of his outward necessities. He was learning the secret of experiencing Christ even in the midst of the lack. And this is altogether quite a different thing we're going to see today. Let's join Witness Lee with the first portion of our life study. Based upon verses 10 through 13 in chapter 4, there is a secret, a secret of uh, sufficiency, a secret of satisfaction, a secret to be content, or even to be contented. What is this secret? This secret is the very Christ. Christ, in chapter 1, is the life for us to live. Christ, in chapter 2, is the pattern for us to take. And Christ, in chapter 3, is many things. Is the goal, is this prize. And now Christ, in chapter 4, is the secret. Not only the secret, but also the power. In doing anything, you need to know the secret. Then you need the power, the capital, the strength, the energy to do it. In doing anything. In, in doing small thing, you need to know the secret. When we teach people certain things, mostly we teach them what? The secret. So, in this chapter, you do have a secret here with the power. I can do all things in him who empowers me. And now he says, I have learned the secret. Learn the secret to experience Christ. Now, in these few verses, Paul is applying the principle. He is applying the secret. By that time, he was imprisoned. He has raised up a number of churches, but he was kept away from all the churches, and he was put into prison. No doubt, In that kind of imprisonment, he was suffering. He was suffering not only psychologically, but also physically. He was abased, humbled, humiliated. Then all of a sudden, Epaphroditus came, receiving from Epaphroditus the things from you, a fragrant odor, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. So he said, I've learned the secret both to be filled and how to hunger, how to abound, and how to be in want. Bob, as you pointed out a moment ago in our introduction, Paul here is in prison in Rome and in lack, uh, or at least recently having experienced the lack because those who had been taking care of his material needs had uh, fallen into a state of kind of neglecting. And now here comes this one from the saints in Philippi, Epaphroditus. Give us a little bit of the background here. I think it helps these verses take on more meaning. Yes, uh, Chris. While Paul was in prison, there was a period of time when 
the thinking of the brothers and sisters concerning Paul's need became dormant. And so uh, in verse 10, Paul said that I'm now rejoicing in the Lord that your thinking for me has blossomed anew. That means that their thinking concerning the apostle had come out of dormancy. So they had again taken thought about his need. And so they sent a brother, Epaphroditus, from them to bring some material supply to Paul while he was in prison. So before Epaphroditus arrived in Rome and brought this supply from Philippi, Paul was in a state of being abased. He was humiliated because he was in lack of the basic necessities. But then when Epaphroditus came, then Paul's situation changed abruptly from being a situation of lack to a situation of abundance. And so Paul gives us here a wonderful word telling us that whether he was abased, that means lacking the material supply, or he was abounding, that means he had more than he needed, he knew the secret. He had learned the secret of experiencing and enjoying Christ so that he could be content and have the inward satisfaction in whatever circumstance he was in. And uh, I can say this, when we are in want, of course, we need Christ. But when we are abounding, perhaps we need Christ just as much, maybe more, because sometimes when we have more than we need, then we lose the enjoyment of Christ because we're abounding in material things. So Paul needed Christ in both situations, when he was lacking and when he was enjoying an abundance. He said he learned the secret, experience Christ, enjoy Christ, to live Christ no matter what happened to him. Bob, there are so many points here that I think we can relate to. Uh, We can touch this on so many levels. On the one hand, I think most believers know what it's like to have been in a state of utter anxiety, a need that was just pressing us to the utmost, and we're doing our best to trust God and to pray the prayer of faith. And then maybe the answer comes, and the relief that we experience is tremendous. And now we get into the danger of this abounding side, and do we lose sight of Christ once our needs have been met? But what Paul seems to be saying is that regardless of whether we're abounding or whether we're abased in lack, his experience of Christ seemed to be quite level. It didn't seem to be dependent on whether he had too much or too little or nothing at all. That's right, Chris, and this is a a wonderful point you just made, that no matter what our circumstances are, this should not affect our experience and enjoyment of Christ. We have hills and we have valleys in our outward circumstances, but inwardly in our enjoyment of Christ, there should be a level plane. There should be no difference between the time of lack and the time of abundance. We just know only one thing, that is to experience and enjoy Christ in every situation. Bob, we can talk about this, but I think to enter into the reality, we need to learn the secret that Paul had learned. Let's go back to Witness Lee. We want to explore the secret of his sufficiency. And a verse that follows now, verse 13, a key verse not just to this section, perhaps to the whole New Testament. I can do all things in him who empowers me. Let's go back again to Witness Lee. Whether uh, to uh, be abased or to abound, or whether to abound or to be in want, he has learned. The secret, he has been initiated into a principle. The principle is in the following verse. After verse 12, 
Now you come to verse 13. I can do all things in him. The secret is in 13. I can do all things in him who empowers me. The very Christ in whom I am. You know, I pursue him that I may gain him, that I may be found in him. Now I am in him. In verse 9 of chapter 3, he desired, he aspired to be found in him. And now he is in him. In him who empowers me, I can do all things. So he is my secret. As long as I have him, and as long as I am in him, that's okay. He is my secret. I can do all things in him who empowers me. Hallelujah. The secret is here. The circumstance may be different, but the enjoyment is the same. So in everything and in all things, in short period or in long run, in one occasion or in all the occasions, I have learned the secret. He experienced Christ not only in one single thing, at one single time. He experienced Christ in all things, at all the times. So he says, in everything and in all things, I've learned. Bob, our circumstances might change. Whether we're abounding or we're in lack, the enjoyment of Christ is the same. I'd like to ask you to say something, maybe help our listeners and me and all of us to apply this. He used a word here that was somewhat intriguing. He said Paul was initiated. And uh, some of the translations use that word in this verse that we just talked about, having learned the secret. What's the significance of this word? Well, Chris, actually, there's a metaphor behind the word of Paul here in verse 12. He said, I have learned the secret. Actually, this is not a literal translation of the Greek. It's kind of an interpretation of what the Greek is actually saying. Actually, the literal translation is, I have been initiated, or I have been instructed. And uh, the metaphor here is related to the joining of a secret society. In those days, there were many secret societies, as there are today. And uh, in order to be inducted into these secret societies, there are certain basic principles that you have to know. So before you are admitted into this society, someone then initiates you or instructs you in the basic principles on how to be a member of this society and how to live in this society. So now we come to Paul's situation, and he applied this metaphor to his situation. Uh, Actually, even though Paul was in prison and he was quite alone physically, humanly, there was not too many of the brothers and sisters were with him, if anyone was with him. But still, he lived in the body. He was a person who lived in the body, whether he was in prison or out of prison. So actually, he treated the church life or the body life, the life in the body of Christ, as a kind of a secret society. And this uh, metaphor is very meaningful because actually, to the eyes of the people of the world, the church is a secret society. They don't know the principles, and they don't know anything about the church life or the life in the body. 
the life of the body of Christ and the church life is a mystery to all the worldly people. So on one hand, the church is something open for everyone to see, but actually the life of the church is a mystery hidden from the eyes of the worldly people so we could consider the church as a secret society. So Paul was using this metaphor here, and he said he had learned the secret, or he had been initiated, he had been instructed with the rudimentary principles on how to live the church life or the body life. And what are these rudimentary principles that Paul had learned? Well, these principles are shown in the previous three chapters of this book. Paul learned how to live Christ, to enjoy Christ, to magnify Christ in whatever situation he was in, whether in death or in life. In chapter 2, he learned to take Christ as his pattern for his salvation. In chapter 3, he learned to take Christ as his goal and as the prize toward which he was pursuing to gain Christ. And he learned to count all things, mainly religious and philosophical things, as refuse so that he could gain Christ. All these are basic principles that Paul had learned so that he could be initiated into this secret society, which is the church. And this, of course, is a metaphor, Bob, not literal. But as you said, to the eyes of the world, it's quite hidden. It's quite mysterious when we are touching the reality of experiencing and living Christ, regardless of our outward circumstance. Who can understand this from a worldly perspective? Yes, it's a very hidden matter. So Paul had learned this secret, and now in Philippians 4, we see him applying the secret to his present circumstance. Sometimes, as we mentioned, he was in want. At other times, he was abounding. But he learned the secret. He had been initiated. He had been instructed on how to live in this wonderful society called the church, the body of Christ. So he was applying what he had been initiated uh, with, this wonderful secret, to enjoy Christ and experience Christ, to live Christ, to pursue Christ, to gain Christ, whatever the situation might be. Bob, in our final section today, Witness Lee speaks a particular word, and the setting here is around 1980 as he was giving these uh, semi-annual conferences, or as he called them, trainings, where he was getting in much depth into these various books of the Bible. There was an opportunity in each of these meetings for various uh, attendees to be able to speak and share their own portion, and a number of young people had shared a particular testimony in this meeting, and in this final word today, he turns his attention to their speaking, and we've included it today. It's a bit different out of our usual pattern, but we think it gives a very good window, not only into his heart, that all of us would become serious seekers and pursuers of Christ, but also it helps, I think, for us to point out the heritage that we have received in this very, very unique ministry. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Well, saints, especially you young ones, your ears are blessed to hear this word, but you must have a blessed heart. Oh, may the Lord bless your heart that you would say, Lord, I would begin to seek after you and to pursue you and to experience you exactly as what is recorded here. I like to be another Paul today, not to be giant apostle, not to be giant evangelist, not to be giant worker for Christ, but just to be normal Christian, enjoying and experiencing Christ in everything 
day after day, and in all things for my whole life. I like to be such a one to enjoy Christ to such an extent. I must tell you, you don't know how much you have been blessed and how much you are still blessed. I am jealous of you. 55 years ago, I never got such a chance. We were seeking. I have to tell you, by that time, I do believe I paid more price than you are paying now. But day after day, even year after year, I got nothing. Bob, I think I speak for both of us how much we appreciate such a word as this, that we would all have a heart that would be blessed, and not only just blessed ears. May we all be ones who enjoy Christ to such an extent that we experience him at all times and in all things. Bob, give us your final thoughts today. Yes, Chris, we need to have a blessed heart. Our ears may hear many things, and our ears are blessed just to hear words like this, but we need even more to have a heart that is blessed by the Lord, just to have a heart to pursue the Lord, to gain him, to experience him, and to enjoy him in all things and at all times. It's a great blessing to be given such a heart by God. And uh, if we don't have such a heart, then I would recommend that we ask for such a heart. Here, Brother Lee said that we should aspire just to be like Paul. You know, in our thoughts, and our concept, Paul was such a great apostle, such a great and high uh, spiritual man. We could never attain to the level of spirituality that he attained, right? This is our concept. But actually, in Paul's concept, he was a pattern. He was a model for all Christians. And he was setting forth his own experience here, not so that he would be a spiritual showpiece, but so that we also would enter into the same experience that he had. So why wouldn't we pray to the Lord, Lord, make me this kind of person? Make me the same kind of person that the Apostle Paul was. I am nothing, and uh, I cannot do anything, but Lord, I, I'd like to ask you to give me a blessed heart so that I would have a heart like Paul's heart, just to pursue you, to gain you, to enjoy you, to live you, to have you as my secret in any kind of circumstance. Bob, this is such a contrast to so much that we see today where there is so much elevation of the vessel rather than the content. And Paul had this heart, and it does cause an aspiration in us. Yes, I want to be such a person, Lord. I want to be such a one as this that would pursue you as he did and gain you in everything. I think this would be our prayer corporately, wouldn't it, today? Yes, this is my prayer, Chris. I believe and I pray that all those who are listening would have the same prayer. Hmm. I really appreciate your help and your fellowship as always. I enjoy it very much, Bob, and come back very soon. It's a great pleasure to be here, Chris. Well, we're out of time. Uh, We would just point out to you that we'd love to hear from you. As we mention this each day, we don't do it just to fill up the few remaining moments of our program. We say it because we mean it very, very much. Uh, Your comments, your input, your experiences that uh, you're gaining and you're pursuing Christ mean so much to us. And we would invite you to call us. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. It seems each day and each week as we hear from so many genuine, dear lovers and seekers of the Lord Jesus who are seeing things for the first time and having their eyes opened, it's an incredible experience and very rewarding to all of those who labor 
diligently day by day to bring these programs to uh, you who are listening. So please do call us. Again, our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. We'll return next week as we continue our pursuit of Christ in the book of Philippians. For Bob Danker today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Testament is a marvelous and clear revelation of God's purpose and plan. In 1984, Witness Lee spoke a series of 51 messages based on God's New Testament economy, which is his plan to dispense himself into his chosen, redeemed, and regenerated people as their life and everything to produce the body of Christ, which is his corporate expression as golden lampstands in this age and ultimately as the New Jerusalem for eternity. These messages have been printed in the book, God's New Testament Economy. God's New Testament Economy by Witness Lee from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere, or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788. That number again is 1-888-543-3788. To receive a free catalog of Living Stream Ministry books by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, call our toll-free number 1-888-543-3788. Call today.